Welcome to another exciting episode of DMMR. This is Mike, and this is episode six of the program. Dijon is not here, and I apologize because it's been like three months since the last episode, which is like a mini episode about the Nintendo announcements. But there's been a lot going on, so there's been a reason that we haven't recorded an episode in a few months, which the main reason being that Dijon actually moved to California, something about pursuing his dreams or something like that. I don't know. So he moved to LA and he doesn't really have the space right now because it's like a shared living thing to be able to record the podcast, like a quiet enough area to do it. So he just hasn't been able to record. And I've been trying to hold off because, you know, how do I look driving a podcast by myself? I mean, they do call me Podcasty McNasty, but that's a big responsibility just to be in here driving the podcast and like making sure the ship doesn't sink. But there's so many things to talk about. There's so many things that's been going on in my life. So usually I would start with Dijon and ask him, you know, what he's been up to since the last episode. But, you know, he ain't here. So I'm going to just tell you what I've been up to. If you follow Mike Text It Out, you know, my YouTube channel, I've just gotten a bunch of new stuff in the last few months i can't even remember if i mentioned that i got a third camera on the last episode i actually bought a gh3 so that way i could do three different camera angles i might have mentioned that but that's been huge it's really been helpful so i've been up here editing doing multi-cam with the gh3 i have also gotten a bunch of new robot vacuums i don't know why during like black friday i got a weird obsession with robot vacuums And well, it wasn't just Black Friday, but like it's been this whole working from home thing and we live in a two story townhouse. So I was like, you know, I want two robot vacuums just to keep the floors clean, especially with having two dogs that shed all the time. So I got two D-Bot vacuums. One of them is just like a basic. It's like the D-Bot in 79S. It's like a basic navigation one where it just bumps around kind of like your cheaper Roombas. It just bumps around and cleans everything until the battery runs out and it returns to the base. And then when we have upstairs, a D-Bot Osmo T5 that actually uses LiDAR to map out the area. This sounds very boring, but to me, it's very exciting because it actually knows where it's going. You can tell it to clean specific rooms. It's been really nice and helpful to have around the house just in general. What else happened? Oh, yeah, the whole election thing happened. Um, I know we mentioned it in, I believe it was episode four when we talked about the election, I hope everybody got out there and voted. I know a lot of people got out there and voted. A lot more people. I mean, the most people in U.S. history. So no matter you know who you picked, it's just good to get out there and participate. This was actually my first election. As crazy as it sounds, I just never brought myself to vote before. But I was like, this is important. I got to get out there and do it. And I waited in line. I think it was like three hours. I actually went early. And, you know. I'm just glad I got out there and my voice was heard. So hopefully you participated. I know I'm mad late because this episode is like mad late. So that's been, this has been a lot. I just rambled on, <laughs> I rambled on for like, I don't know, five minutes about robot vacuums and elections. And then of course there's the Mike text it out YouTube channel. Like I mentioned, there's just been a bunch of new stuff up there. I just been focusing on, production and you know learning how to do different style videos incorporating a lot more comedy into my videos so that's just been a lot of work that's what's been consuming most of my time and like I said Dijon is now in LA he actually has a lot going on 
that I'm not going to talk about because I don't know how much of it he wants to share. But hopefully it'll be really good news for his book in the upcoming few months. So keep an eye out for that. You can find his books on Amazon. Um, I was going to put in, I'm going to put in like the names of the books on screen because I'm just not in the mindset right now to remember anything. I know there was the, emancipa- the Emancipation of Deborah James. See, see, even me trying to pronounce it, I already messed it up. And then there's Dion's Baptism and then there's Queen of America. I think it was like the Emancipation of Dion's Baptism. Technically, look, look, okay, I'm doing this off the top of my head. So you have to forgive me. But, yes, that's what's been going on, like a brief overview. So I have a lot of things I want to talk about today. And the first thing I want to talk about was actually related to the video I did on Sunday. That's changed my video schedule. So now my news videos are on Sunday. But it was related to the whole cyberpunk thing. So if you haven't heard about cyberpunk, it's a very popular, well, it is, I was going to say, anticipated but it's already out it was a very anticipated game before it came out it's supposed to be one of the biggest games of the year that got delayed three times it was supposed to come out in spring it just came out december 10th and there's been a bunch of issues with it um i kind of covered it more in depth in the video i just kind of wanted to speak more about it because my videos i feel like you know my videos I try not to make them as rambly, but, you know, here on the podcast, I can ramble about anything for as long as I want to, as long as it's remotely interesting, which we'll see if this is interesting or not. And just kind of my take on the whole thing, because I think, no, let me tell you what happened first. Let me tell you what happened. So you don't have to go watch the video if you don't want to. So, yeah, basically it came out. There's been a bunch of glitches and the performance hasn't been great, specifically on the base model PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, like the original ones that came out in 2013. If you're not familiar, they came out with like upgraded models, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X later. And those models are able to run the game, you know, okay. But the base models can barely run it. And it was like a whole fiasco about like kind of people asking, you know, how this even happened. Like, you know, this game was delayed like half of a year from its original release and then it came out in this state and then it's pretty much in a state where it's not even playable on certain consoles but you're selling it for those consoles so it was kind of like you know how did this happen which i'm not going to sit here and blame the developers or anything because i know that they worked really hard on this game and that would suck to you know work really hard on this game and then have everybody trash it or trash the developers for the issues like it was clear that they probably just didn't have enough time to get the amount of polish that they wanted so the either way someone made the decision to release the game as is and it's not even playable on those consoles which resulted in both sony and microsoft offering refunds but more so sony just pulled the game from playstation store altogether so they were just like you know we're offering refunds and we're not even going to sell it right now microsoft as far as i'm aware is still for sale but there are a lot of people that are just getting defensive about it. And the thing that I didn't want to get into, because I don't like to get too opinion in my videos, but in my opinion, is like, why are you getting mad about it? Like, it's not working on those consoles. Like, why are you getting mad and get defensive about the game? Like, people are legitimately getting defensive about the game and being like, oh, you know, Skyrim had glitches and all these other games had glitches. And then also CD Projekt Red also made... The Witcher series, and apparently Witcher 3 had issues when it came out, and they really worked and made the game a lot better 
over time. So people are like, you know, they're going to improve the game, which I'm sure that they will. But the fact is, it's not playable right now. And I just don't like the fact that people get swept up in, you know, these big companies, like they're your friend or something like that. They're not your friend. They're still selling a product and it's their job to deliver that product as promised. And when you release a game on a console, it's not a PC where you can like release a game and like these are the minimum specs, but, you know, it's barely going to you know run. It's barely going to be playable if you have these specs. But if you upgrade you'll have a better experience on a console you can't upgrade so you're stuck whatever with whatever the experience is out of the box and that means that that experience has to be playable and that's the main point so i definitely agree with the whole offering refunds thing and like i said in my video i agree with sony pulling the game because playstation 4 has a way bigger install base than the xbox one which means a lot more people will probably buy it unexpectedly and then want a refund so it's easier for them to just pull the game altogether than to continue to sell it so i just thought it was kind of stupid the way people were like reacting and trying to defend it and personally i have the game i have it on pc and i've enjoyed it so far it's not like my favorite game or whatever but it's, it's been a, it's been pretty good so far so i actually like the game but i'm not going to sit here and defend like you know someone shipping a broken product that doesn't work on the systems that it's supposed to work on like just be logical about it like you can still be like you know i'm enjoying the game but I understand why this is happening. It's not like you have to be like, people just act like you have to be on one side of the extreme or the other, where it's like either you support this game and you support everything the studio does and you think everything is right, or you completely hate this game and it's the worst thing ever. And it really just never under any circumstances has to be like that. Like that's not even a reasonable way to act about anything in life. Like, if you go through life just acting that way, it's just it's just going to make things more difficult. Like, life in general is going to be more difficult. Like, you might fall into a volcano. I don't know what's going to happen to you if you just live your life that way. Speaking of these new games, of course, since the... Has it been that long? I guess it has been that long since the last podcast. But the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are also out. And they're not purchasable at all. Like, I know one person that happened to get one during Black Friday, a PlayStation 5. And I have actually, actually did have the chance to buy an Xbox Series X a few weeks ago. They had one at GameStop. It was like a bundle. And I could have bought one, but I'm just not planning on getting a Series X because I already have a gaming PC. So I prefer to play Microsoft's game on PC. Um, also, there's been a bunch of new graphics cards that came out. Like, the RTX 30 series came out, and it really was like the performance gain over last generation has been amazing. And then those have also been sold out. And then AMD released some new cards as well that are competing with some of NVIDIA's higher end cards. And those are sold out as well. So everything like everything that you can possibly imagine that has come out has just sold out instantly. And there's a lot of people that are getting frustrated about it. And this is not something that I'm really going to blame the companies for in this case, because People are just at home and they're buying a lot more stuff than normal because of the pandemic. And then on top of that, that's also affected manufacturing. So it's not like even if they assumed more people were going to buy this stuff that they probably could have produced anymore because manufacturing has just also been affected by the pandemic. So I'm not going to personally hold that against any of the you know companies like Sony or Microsoft or NVIDIA or AMD for not having the products available, but I definitely understand from a consumer standpoint 
of how frustrating it is to try to buy these graphics cards or, you know, PlayStation 5s or Xbox Series X, whatever it is that you're out there trying to buy. I definitely understand the frustration. Like, I tried to buy a graphics card because after I got uh, Cyberpunk, I wanted to play it with Ray Tracer going and my RTX 2070. It tried. It tried. But, you know, it's just not a great experience. At 1440p, it's actually a it's like around 30 ish frames at best but then like some scenes where it's like a lot of people it definitely drops below 30 and that's not really playable in most cases so i was like you know i'm gonna get me a 3060 ti that seems like a really good value for 400 dollars, and then it instantly sold out and i didn't even have a chance to even see one i didn't even see like an add to cart button on any site it was it was very sad so it's really been frustrating and that like caused me to deep dive like if i had to like let's say if my graphics card broke right and i had to build a computer right now what's the best that i could do as far as buying a graphics card right now and don't go on ebay ebay is just a mess like everybody is like selling everything for way like it's way overpriced like an rtx 2060 which is the last generation card for one and new is around 300 ish dollars like i've seen those going for five or six hundred i've seen like rtx's 2070s going for around that price as well like even five to six hundred and these new cars that came out are like you know twice as fast as these ones maybe not twice as fast but they're definitely a lot faster and the 3060 ti is faster than the the 2060 the 2070 and the 2080 super and it's only $400 and people are out here paying like seven, $800 for a 2080 super that when this, when these new cards are available again, like actually available to buy in stock, you could easily be with a $400 card. So as far as buying a GPU, the best thing that I've seen, like the best way to get a decent value, not a good value because the, the best value is still going to be waiting for those new cards, but it's just to check your uh, refurbished stores. Like NZXT has a refurbished store where they sell graphics cards. Um, Zotac was the only one that I seen that had the best deal because they have um, an RTX 2080. They had a blower style one for 490, and then a regular like dual fan card for 500, and that's not a great deal considering again the 400 dollar 3060 Ti is still faster than that card. But based on the markups everywhere else. It was literally the best deal that I could find. So if you really have to buy a card, try checking. EVGA is another good one. EVGA B-Stock or the refurbished section, they have cards that go up um, every day. And on Wednesdays, they have their midweek madness where they do discounts on their refurbished products. So that's a really good place to check as well if you really need a graphics card right now. But please just try to wait. <laughs> try to wait until like, around march or april because i have a feeling that's when we'll start to see like more stock of all of these products come back in so that's my rant about cyberpunk slash everything being sold out slash everything that i've missed over the last three months of not doing this podcast and another thing that happened was apple they finally released their first new apple silicone max i think i talked about it briefly when they announced it, um, and of course I have my MacBook Air right here. This is not an M1 MacBook Air. This is a 2021, but this is like the last Intel one there is, the last of a generation. 
and do I feel a little bit salty that I bought an Intel Mac and then the M1 Mac came out and it's a, a lot better? A little bit, but what I do on this computer, it still handles everything that I do fine. So the M1 is definitely like, you shouldn't buy an Intel MacBook Air right now with the M1 being out. Um, but for what I do, like at the time that I got it, I'm fine with my purchase. So I'm not really going to upgrade unless I have a reason to upgrade or I can get like a cheap M1 MacBook Air next year. Maybe when the new model comes out, maybe I'll consider upgrading. But for now, if you do have a MacBook and it does all the stuff that you want it to do, then I wouldn't worry about upgrading. But if you are on an older MacBook, then this is the time to upgrade. Now, I haven't talked about the M1 aside from like the initial announcement of the product on my channel because typically I don't like to talk about products that I don't have, you know, in hand on my channel just because if I'm doing a video about it, I don't feel like there's much more input that I can add because I don't have firsthand experience with it. So I'll usually go over the announcements and get my impressions of the announcements and that's it. And unless I get the product, then I'll do more extensive content. But since this is a podcast, I can talk about it and kind of give my thoughts on the M1 just based off of other people's reviews that I've watched and read. And it seems like there's really few issues with compatibility with older apps because that was the one thing that I was personally worried about is like switching to a new architecture from x86 to basically ARM like a mobile type processor those apps aren't really designed to run up there so they're running through Rosetta 2 which is basically like an emulation software so like if you have an older app like for instance Google Chrome when the M1 Max first came out wasn't available yet so you had to run it through emulation and I actually hear that it works really well. And then everything else that's like actually built for the M1 chip is way faster. I hear just way snappier. I haven't had a chance to try one myself. But as you would expect, like especially Apple's apps, it's just a way faster computer. The MacBook Air doesn't have the heating issues that it did before. So like when the M1 was announced, my first thought was like, this will be perfect for the MacBook Air. And unsurprisingly that was one of the first machines that they announced along with the 13 inch macbook pro which made sense because it hadn't been updated this year and then the mac mini so i think overall it's a great time if you're buying if you are in the market for a lower end mac at least if you're in the market for a higher end mac then you definitely want to wait until the higher end m1 chips come out or it might even be called m1 this is just the first version of the chip but until the higher end Apple silicone chips come out. So right now, like you wouldn't trade in like a MacBook, like a 16 inch MacBook Pro for an M1 MacBook Air. It wouldn't make any sense. So if you're on a higher end system, you definitely want to wait. But if you're on like an older Mac, like if you have like a 2013 or something like that, and you've been waiting for an upgrade, but you don't need anything that's like extremely fast or extremely fancy, you definitely can look at the new MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro, which is weird because performance-wise are almost the same. It's just that the MacBook Air has a fan, so it can do like sustained loads longer. Like if you're doing rendering, it might be faster at that because it can sustain a higher clock speed longer than the MacBook Air. But otherwise, they both have the exact same chip. So there's like less of a reason now to even buy the MacBook Pro. It's crazy, aside from the touch bar. All right, so the other thing <laughs> that Apple announced towards the end of this year were the AirPods Max, and I actually have them right 
here. I just got them yesterday. I just got done editing the unboxing video for this. So I think so. The podcast is going to go up today, which is Tuesday, December 22nd. So this is actually going to go up before my unboxing video. So if you're listening or watching this podcast, you're actually getting a sneak peek at my thoughts on these $550 over the ear headphones. And I know a lot of people think it's probably crazy to pay that much for some headphones. You know, and some ways they're right. But these, I'm going to give you my actual real first impressions. Because like in the unboxing video, I literally just got them. So I kind of had mixed feelings about them. And weirdly enough, I had some buyer's remorse. Like right after I bought them, I was like, are these really worth that much money? Because I already have, like these are my, I'm using my Sony's right now. The Sony wh 1000 xm3s and i've had these for over a year and they've been great headphones and like when i was doing the unboxing video i cut a lot of it out but i actually you know listened to the airpods and i listened to these and i was just like my mind i was like these sound pretty much the same like the airpods are a little bit clearer at higher volumes but that's it i was like man these are almost exactly the same and i knew realistically like when we're talking about wireless technology wireless audio there's a ceiling that you reach with audio quality so i was like there's no way that it's going to be that much better than your three to four hundred dollar headphones like these but i guess i was still like hoping or expecting more and i was like i did have a little bit of buyer's remorse and i was like should i return these so as of right now i decided to keep them but i think i think they're Good headphones. They're really good headphones, and the build quality is excellent. Like they're all metal, um, like stainless steel and aluminum. It's crazy. Like I mean, they're heavy, and I hate this the charging case thing. Like it's so stupid. Um, but yes, the headphones themselves are really good quality. They are really heavy. But is it going to be worth it? I think for a lot of people that have Apple devices and don't already have like some higher end headphones, like your, you know, higher end Bose or Sony headphones, then this will probably be worth it or worth it, (laughs) worth it. I can't talk right now, but if you're not like, I can't, I I, ignore what I just said, but the AirPods grabbed the audio from my MacBook. So I got distracted. So if you already have some higher end headphones, like three to $400 price range, these are probably not going to be worth it. If you don't, and you have a lot of Apple stuff, like you have a MacBook and an iPhone and an iPad, and you just want some headphones that you can easily use between all of them that sound really good, then yeah, these might be worth it. I think build quality wise, I can see why they're $550 because they're a lot better than, than these. Um, and I even say like so far, they're a little bit more comfortable. I haven't worn them that long. So I still have to see on that part of it, but I feel like these are the headphones like for Apple users. Like these are their, so Sony or Bose, you know, 700s, but for Apple users, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole appeal of it. And they have those Apple type features, you know, spatial audio and automatic switching and, you know, this seamless pairing and all that stuff that you get from Apple headphones. So is it going to be for everybody? I don't really see, at least right now, you know, I still have to spend more time with them, but I don't see a point in someone buying them that's outside 
of the Apple ecosystem. I just think that you could go and buy like the Sony's or the Bose's and the build quality is not as good, but sound quality wise, they're, they're going to be very similar. Cause like I said, wireless audio, you're reaching like the top of what you can do with Bluetooth with these headphones. So they're not really going to sound that different, you know, aside from maybe this one's a little bit bassier. Maybe this one's better with higher tones, but that's pretty much going to be it. Like there's not going to be that much of a gain audio wise, but I don't think that a lot of people that bought these headphones or are buying these headphones really care that much. Another thing Apple released getting off the headphone subject is Apple fitness plus. Now Apple fitness plus, I believe is only $5 a month. And that's basically where you have, it's kind of one of those, workout programs where you have you know basically workout videos and you go through the exercises with them i've been doing the treadmill stuff i was actually really excited about it because i was like okay i really want to get you know some other treadmill exercises because right now i usually just run for like 25 to 30 minutes and then that's it but i really want to do more like know when to add incline or when to increase speed and i've been using it and it's really helped me a lot with that like kind of increasing my pace and then going back and recovering while still running like it's really helped me and if it is five dollars a month i believe it is i have the family plan so i'm just paying for i mean not the family plan that um apple one plan so i'm just paying for everything anyway just paying thirty dollars a month but i think it's i think it's worth it like five dollars a month is really cheap for one of those workout programs of course you do have to have an apple watch i want to preface that you have to have an apple watch you have to have an iphone or an ipad or an Apple TV in order to use it. In which cases, if you have an Apple Watch, you pretty much have to have an iPhone unless you have your Apple Watch set up as a child's watch on somebody else's phone. But yes, you do have to invest in Apple's ecosystem. So let's say if you got the cheapest iPhone, which would be like the SE and the cheapest Apple Watch, that's still like around $600 that you have to invest in equipment in order to use this. But if you do have an Apple Watch, and an iPhone, and you are interested in exercising at home, I would definitely say it's worth checking out for $5. And I believe they're doing like a free trial anyway, like they do with most of their stuff. So I would definitely give it a try, but I like how it shows your rings and everything and the calories burned during the exercise on screen. And then also like if you're running like I do, it shows your distance. So it just has a lot of useful information. Uh, one of the other things that's kind of cool about it too is it does have all the music. Like if you're into the music that they're playing, it has a full playlist there. Um, and then you can also add it to your library if you use Apple Music. So, of course, they got to tie it in with all their services and be like, you know, get all Apple. Like, all this stuff is ecosystem hooks. Like, even, the, of course, the headphones and all that stuff. And if you're wondering why I'm not using <laughs> those headphones to monitor myself right now, it's because I don't have the adapter because it doesn't come with the adapter to use them as wired headphones. You have to get, like, a, a lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter technically they were originally made for like i think it was the beats pro so that same one works for the airpods max but yeah i don't have it yet so unfortunately i can't use them for things like this like monitoring audio or doing anything musically so i'm still waiting on that that should be here thursday i believe it's kind of crazy that you have to spend $35 on top of $550 to even get an option to plug it into stuff like, you know, any other headphones in existence. There's one other thing that I'd like to mention 
and that is Dijon does have a new demo reel that I edited again and you can check it out at freedomarts.com that's freedomarts with a Z if you want to see some of my non-tech related work and then I'm going I'm moving into the free self-promotion section I'm just gliding into it because I'm by myself for this podcast but if you want to check me out, you can find me at Mike Text It Out. Of course, YouTube.com slash Mike Text It Out. And on Twitter at Mike Text It Out. And Dijon, of course, FreedomArts.com. And then I'm going to put all his other stuff on screen because I don't remember what his Instagram or Twitter are. And I'll put it in the description for the podcast notes if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast. So that was all the stuff that I wanted to go over with or go over with. Those are all the things I wanted to go over today. But if you do have a question or a comment or anything, you can email us at dmmrpodcast at gmail.com. Send in your questions that you may have for us or for me because I don't know when Dijon will be back. So I will definitely be here. And until then, I will catch you on the next podcast. Podcasty McNasty is out.